It was kind of quiet. On my end? No, on my end. Oh, hey. All right. That's all right. We're back. The boys are back. Episode 63 here on Shed Some Light. We're coming to you live on this Monday. Michael and Jack. Very special episode today as we were teasing. Uh, pretty sports heavy. So hopefully you're in the mood for that on this Monday. Before we get into that, though, real quick, Jack, how's your weekend? How you doing today? What's up? Long weekend. Long weekend, yep. to say the least. Yep. Uh, and, and in a good way and in not a good way, but ended up, you know, with a dub for the boys at ETSU, so can't complain. There you go. There you go. Cannot complain about that. We will definitely be touching on that in our sports dump. Glad to hear that you're doing okay today. You? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Great weekend. Very uh, relaxing. So that was good. Um, I will let you know, very low beer levels this morning. Ah, uh, see, I had, I, I just, like I said, yesterday was a long day and I was mm-hmm. basically working or Saturday, I guess, as everybody's listening to this was a long day yeah. for me. So I was basically working from like 10 AM to like 7 PM. And I texted you when I got home. I was like, I've never cracked a beer open faster in my entire life. <laughs> First thing I did, just went straight to the fridge, cracked open a Miller Lite. But I didn't, I didn't, you know, have any, drink a ton of them, just a couple of them to, you know, get me through the, the, the long day that I had. So I didn't, I had normal beer levels. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, it was weird for me this morning. I know this, this, you know, portion is meant for our sports dump, but I just want to get your opinion on this. I don't know what happened to me this morning. I woke up feeling completely fine. Like n- nothing was wrong. Okay. The delayed, the delayed hangover. That's yeah. the thing. The delayed hangover hit me so hard for about like two, maybe three hours. And then it, it was gone. Yeah. So the last time I had like a really bad delayed hangover was, I want to say it was two, two New Year's Eves ago. I went <laughs> out with like a bunch of buddies. I, Cause I remember this clear as day. Went out with a bunch of buddies, obviously, for New Year's Eve. Got absolutely trashed. Come home, slept, woke up the next morning, felt fantastic. I was like, dang. Went out to breakfast, had breakfast. I was like, man, I'm feeling good. Like, had my appetite, the whole thing. Come like 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I was like, oh, dear God, I feel like an absolute trash can right now. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Was just, yeah. I was like hungover from like 3 p.m. until like 7 p.m. And then I was like, like you said, I was fine. Yeah. So that was me today. Uh, woke up feeling completely fine from say, had breakfast, drank a bunch of water. It was once the water got into my system that I was like, okay, I'm not feeling fine. Be Middle of the day was terrible after that back to normal. Gotta I don't know some, what happened. Gotta have some beer in you, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so that is a uh, that was a little recap for you. But other than that, doing well. Fair. So um, let's get into the sports dump on this Monday. Here, first segment of sports dump is everything besides the White Sox. After that, special guest comes on. Talking socks. How you doing? My microphone just fell over. What the heck's going on here? How you doing? Um, Okay, so non-Sox related, what do you want to get into first? Uh, just a couple things to touch on. First, Blackhawks, Kirby Doc back. Let's fucking go. 
I know I trashed them at the beginning of the year, and I've said this all the time, that they statistically or on paper were probably one of the worst teams in the league, which they were, and I'll stand by this. But they are like a almost a better version of the Bulls, where they're, they're like they're fun to watch, and they actually win games. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let's go. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm down. And then you get Kirby Doc back. Let's fucking ride, baby. Let's see where they go. Big time. I'm, I'm excited to see him back. Okay. One of the okay. one of the things that I've been like very surprised about this year for them is their like goaltending, and like it's very interesting to watch them because they are either like you, you and you could tell from it the first like five ten minutes of the game, their goaltending is either absolute garbage and it's like all right we're gonna lose by like six goals tonight, or it's like all right they're locked in they, the other team isn't even scoring like let's go. Yeah. But yeah. Like I said, they're fun to watch. They're getting dubs. It's what you like to see. It's what yep. you like to see. Uh, first game, we'll switch over to the, the Bulls real quick. Uh, I want to say first game with Vooch, they lost, yeah, to the Spurs, 120 to 104. Not what you want to see, I'll tell you that. But, hey, bouncing back, got a game tonight as you're listening against the Warriors. Get a dub, move on. There you go. Tenth in the Eastern Conference, exactly what I said. Doesn't really do anything for me. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know. I still need more time, I guess, with after after these trade moves and acquisitions and stuff like that to kind of reevaluate where where we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree, but hey, is what it is. Yeah. Uh, kind of last thing I wanted to touch on just on this quick little sports dump here, mm-hmm. uh, the boys. At ETSU, get the dub against Western Carolina. We we get the trophy back. The Blue Ridge Border Battle. Say that ten times fast. You can't <laughs> get the dub. Get the trophy back. It's what you wanted to see. Shout out to the run game, whole game long. Quay, Jacob Sailors, the old line. I want to say it was like three hundred thirty rushing yards, something like that. It was nonstop play after play after play. You just it was like eight yards of carry, and it was just like all right. If if they're if they're not going to stop it, she's going to keep doing it. Yep. And also, you know, yep. shout out to the defense coming up, big stop uh, in the fourth, close game the whole way through. Also, quick shout out to the special teams. TK setting the score record, fifty four yard bomb of a field goal. Probably could have had it from like 55, 56. It's what you love to see. It's what you love to see out of the boys. We got a big week ahead of us though. VMI. Number one versus number two in the SoCon. This is it. This is the week. This is a championship game type of week. Need yep. it out of the boys. Yep. Need Big it. week coming up. And, uh, yeah, this this week's, this week's past week's game was very exciting to watch. Um, it was another one where – so this one I caught the first half on TV, the third quarter on the radio, and then the end of the game back on TV. So I was a little bit all over the place, but – always good getting to catch up on that yeah kind of like i was i was talking about earlier the reason you probably could do that was because the game lasted about nine hours yeah it was a long game <laughs> it was about three or four <laughs> delays uh we were there from 10 a.m until 7 p.m it was just the game was supposed to start at one got pushed back to like two o'clock you know yep. get out there play a half get back out delay start again delay start again it was a long day to say the least so Shout out to them for overcoming everything like that. I mean, that had to be so tough to just be like all out, go all out for like 20, 30 minutes, come back, sit down for about 40, 
come back, play another 10. It was tough. Yeah, not easy. Tough not. game. They, I don't know if you saw, but they called the lightning delay in the third quarter right after we scored to, like, take the yep. lead. And there was, like, part of me that thought that they were going to be, like, play didn't count. Like, back oh. in the locker room. And I was like, was, there's no way. It was it was pretty funny that they called the lightning delay before you could make the, the extra field. point. Yeah, didn't, can't kick that field goal. Yeah, touchdown good, extra point, got to hold off on that. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can't be kicking that <laughs> extra point. Like, come on. Stand yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah, so long game to say the least. Uh, but very excited for this weekend at VMI. Big game. Big oh, yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. So, um, let me see. Anything else you want to touch on non-Sox related? Not that I can think of. Oh, Notre Dame lacrosse, tough loss to Virginia, but they're hanging in there, right? At like I think they lost 12 to 11, uh, hanging in there with the top teams like Virginia like that. Their defense is like, it's one of those things where it's very much uh, similar to what I've said about ETSU football, where it's like, they're going to be as good as their offense can take them because their defense mm-hmm. is already set. Mm-hmm. Defense is like very good. I know it's like, oh, you give up 12 goals, but it's a team like Virginia's top-end team. You're not going to end those games, you know, anything less than double digits. So right. the offense right. looks good, but it could be like a step better. Uh, the only thing that I'm like, you know, holding on to is that a lot of their like young stars, like I said, are very young. Mm-hmm. So – Keep doing what they're doing. Pat Kavanaugh, I love to see play. Absolute oh, yeah. stud. So oh, yeah. I'm excited for them. They're gonna be good. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um I'm tr- trying to think. I had I had a very brief opportunity to watch some college baseball this weekend. So I tried to check out a little bit of that, just thanks to your recommendation. Um nothing nothing too crazy yet, but I'm I'm just waiting for actual regular baseball to be back. If you, want to get, if you want to talk about college baseball, Notre Dame baseball actually being, you know, doing pretty well this season. Uh, kind and, of on a tear, yeah. Uh, home, hometown kid, uh, Nico Cavadis, used to play, used to play basketball with our cousin, absolute yep. stud. He is on an absolute tear. Have you heard yeah. the stats that he is putting up in the past, like, 10 games or something like that? Yeah ridiculous he hold on i'm trying to find the stat six home runs in his last six games 10 home runs in 14 games second in the entire ncaa in home runs yeah shout out to nick Vaz, baby preferred walk on to the baseball team got the scholarship i'm pretty sure starting first baseman now absolutely tearing it up it's what you love to see boom baby boom yeah I think yep. that's all i got though for this little quick sports stuff before we talk stuff. all right perfect perfect well we are going to take a break here we are going to welcome on a very special guest right after this getting into everything white Sox related so we will grab some refills and catch you after the break all right well he huh back we're back as we were talking about before very special guest if you know Chicago sports, White Sox, anything social media related, this is the man, the myth, the legend himself on the podcast, Mr. Brian Knights. How you doing today? Oh, an intro, fellas. Thank you. I'm doing great. <laughs> doing fantastic. Hey, also, forgot to, forgot to add, CEO, founder of the QTMFBB movement. Cue the motherfucking blues, brothers. The legend. There you go. Love that. 
there talking go. all things socks today. Go. Got a heavy, heavy sock sports dump here. Uh, Mike, you want to jump right into it here? Yep. So we, we're, we've all got our GTLFs in hand. Figured what better time to talk socks than right before the season opener on Thursday. First question for you, Brian. We have, as Sox fans, we've gone through some miserable seasons. It's been rough. When was the last time you were this excited heading into a season? What are your general thoughts? Give give the listeners some info about this 2021 year. I mean, being generally excited, I say last year was the first time in a long time. And then okay. we got shut down okay. and I wanted to die. And then yep. got fired up for the 60-game stretch. But other than that, the team hasn't been this exciting on paper since, what, 2006 maybe? Maybe. It, it's yep. been. It's been, you know, decade worth of just absolute misery and pain for the last, you know, like maybe years. Maybe 2011 where we had false hope and they were just dog shit. Oh. And they were like, hey, we'll bring in Adam Dunn and we'll win the division. And then, oh, yeah. A lot of fun times. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about, you know, not being excited for a long time. So then would you say, what would be a successful season? And what's the only way that this could be a successful season? I mean, I I base it solely off of what the players have been saying. Mm -hmm. And they've been saying World Series or bust. So I'm World Series or bust. There's, if it's, I'll take a World Series appearance. Losing it would be a disappointment. I'd say, Winning anything less than 87 games is a disappointment, a disappointment, and it's World Series or bust. That's that's my look on the season. Hell yeah, love that. So then, to win yep. the World Series, what's like kind of the X factor for the Sox? What do they have to do, in your opinion? Well, the Eloy being out, we're kind of fucked on that end. But True. you got to find a way to make up that offense, and you've kind of already seen it in spring training. They're doing more of a instead of let's hit 400 home runs, let's do small ball and They've been really aggressive on the base pass, so you need that to happen. And you can't really expect Jose Abreu to do what he did last year again on that level, but he's going to be hes the most consistent player in baseball since 2014. Uh, you need Tim Anderson to do what he's always done. And then as long as they get a productive season out, he has Monty Grandall, because last year he was, he was there, but he wasn't like the X-Factor yeah. he could be. And you need um, – you want Mankata to have an MVP caliber season for everything to go smoothly until we can get Eloy back and he pulls the 2016 Schwarber on us and skull yeah. the league in the playoffs. <laughs> yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. That's I, what I'm talking about. I was telling Michael before this podcast kind of started, I feel like I feel like people kind of like kind of forgot how good Yohan Mankata actually is after last season. Like it was kind of like an off year for him per se. Yeah. And I feel like people forgot like almost how good he was. And then he had that home run against the Brewers the other day, and people were like, oh, fuck, I forgot this man. is really fucking good at baseball. I mean, that was the farthest ball I've ever seen. <laughs> but there's this weird thing with Yoma Mankata where he could literally hit 320 with 35 home runs, and people would still find a way to shit on him. I don't know where this comes from. Maybe it's because, like, he fouls a ball off his foot, and then he's gone for three days. But that's the only thing I can think it comes from because, I mean – and everyone bases off his, his rookie season. The dude had like 60 at bats, and they're like, oh, he's a bust. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing here? You got to give him time. And yeah. as long as he stays healthy, I I would place a World Series future on him right now, or an MVP 100%. future on him right now. 100%. Couldn't I like that. More. I like that. So, real real quick before we, you know, keep taking a deep dive into the season here, with the Eloy injury, what are we doing in, in left field there? What do you think is going to happen there? 
what I think is going to happen is it's going to be a left field by committee until yeah. Mangle gets back with the hamstring. Okay. So I, I guess the plan right now is Andrew Vaughn, which as long as he's better than Eloy, that's a win. As long as he's serviceable, I guess. Um, and then you do – so for now it would be Vaughn, uh, Lurie, and – Billy Hamilton maybe? Billy Hamilton, yeah, that that could be an option. Yeah. I, see, I see Billy Hamilton more as a late inning, base running slash defensive replacement. Yeah, more of anything. Um, basically, it's going to be Vaughn's spot until Angle gets back, and then Vaughn will go to DH. But we'll see. Maybe Vaughn being left gives Zach Collins a fucking chance to show something, and then yep. he just wins the DH spot, and then Vaughn's just the everyday left fielder. I don't know. Yeah. You kind of touched on it right there, that whole, like, Zach Collins thing. I think, in my opinion, I think Zach Collins has done more than enough in this spring training to prove that he should be the backup catcher. But I feel like LaRusse is going to still go with Lucroy as, like, a veteran presence. I agree. I think they'll carry three catchers. But yeah. also, I take everything Zach Collins does in spring training with a grain of salt because Zach Collins in his career is, like, a 320 spring training leader. Yeah. And then he just – maybe it's because he never gets the chance in the regular season to, like, really show it. Like, last year he had – 16 at bats before Ricky brought him in in the playoffs and was like, you're hitting .061. Here's a fucking at bat in the eighth inning. Go win this game. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. 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 I understand that. <laughs> I, I'm i all on the uh, Zach Collins as a backup catcher. At least, the, you know, give him at least a little bit of time to, like, prove himself. But I also understand that, like, if pitchers and everybody, especially LaRusso wants Lucroy back there, that, you know, I'll trust them to make that decision and know what they're going to do. But – are you on – so say that Vaughn doesn't play that left field role, even though he most likely is. Are you on that Vaughn starting opening day DH train? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They've already said they're not going manip- to manipulate the service time. So. Yeah. I, I couldn't no agree more. Or not be. Couldn't agree more. I think that I think he is going to be a all-star in a matter of like a year or two. I think he's going to be think, so good. I think his rookie of the year future has the best value out of anybody available. 100%. Last year, I was at plus fifteen hundred. I don't know if it's still sitting there, but may have to take that. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, let's see what else we want to get into here, Jack. I, I guess kind of these are both tied into each other. MVP slash overall most excited player, most the player that you're most excited to watch this season. Who are you looking for? It's a tough one. It's a loaded lineup. You got you got so many choices here. Most excited to watch. I think I think I, I got to go rotation on this one. I think I'm going to go Michael Kopech. I think I'm most excited to see him. We haven't seen oh, him in yes. two years, yep. three years. Yep. Like I was at funny story about his debut. I'm, we're going off track here, but all four. I was so I was freshman year, and it was a Tuesday. So I got out of class. I was like, I refuse to miss the, this fucking debut. I drive <laughs> home after class at. I got a class at like twelve thirty or something. Drove back, got to the stadium at like six o'clock. Like just went straight there, and then rain delay hits. So I'm there for two innings. The Joe Mauer strikeout. That was the most electric moment in my life. <laughs> I still go back and watch that highlight. The crowd noise in that, absolutely nuts. There you <laughs> go. So the rain delay hits, and I'm like, well, fuck. So we're sitting there for two hours, and I'm like. It all depends on if Kopech co- doesn't come out because I had class at 8 a.m. Wednesday morning. So Kopech doesn't come out. I'm like, fuck it. I'm out of here. Left. Got an hour away from Western. Alternator on the car goes out. Sitting at the side of the road at 2 a.m. Electric. 
My dad drives two hours to come scoop me, drop me off at school, get back at school at 4.30, ready to roll for 8 a.m. class. That is an what absolutely insane story. That's what you love, love to see right there. Love the dedication right there. That's oh, good yeah. stuff. It was it was one of the greatest survival stories in human history. <laughs> really, had to dig, really had to dig deep on that one, you know, find the, find the way to live right there. Fucking Illinois with no phone connection at 2.30 in the morning. It was awesome. It's a hell of a time. I agree <laughs> with you, though. I had a bag of chocolate pretzels. I was ready to go. I, I could have been there all night. It's really all you need right there. I was going to say, yeah, what more do you need? You're, you're good. You could have gone a couple more hours. Easy. I agree with you, though, that that rotation is something that I'm, like, extremely looking forward to. And it's one of those things where, like, I told Michael this before, like, I've, like, end of last year and kind of, like, middle of last year, too, like, I was not the biggest, like, Carlos Rodon fan. And this spring training, he's come out and looked absolutely fantastic in the couple starts he's had. So, like, him is, like, the five – four or five in our rotation for, at least for the moment like i'm completely fine with that and it's something i never thought i'd be saying but like hey i'll take what for, i can get for him it all comes down to control yeah like mm-hmm. he he could go out there the screen training and could have given up 20 runs but as long as he was able to locate the slider and locate the fastball i would have been happy with where he was at but the fact that he's doing he's locating both those pitches the slider looks as nasty as it ever has and then he's He's scoreless through yeah. nine, eleven innings, whatever he's had. Mm-hmm. Like he, he won the job over Raylo, which pretty easy to do in all respects. But I, I think he's if he can consistently do that, we may not see see Kopech come out of the bullpen. Yeah, depending on how many innings he works out, because I don't know what the plan is with his inning control. But yeah, yeah. that's definitely like a thing where it's like if it if it's not broken, like don't fix it. Like don't yeah. don't even try to mess with that if it, don't, it keeps going. Don't mess with the bottom two of the rotation unless you need to. Like if Cease looks good and Rodon looks good, keep it. Yeah, and that was like and another I, thing where like you're talking about uh, Rodon's control, which I agree with. Do you think with Cease, do you think it's more of the control, or do you think it's more of the mental aspect with him? I think it was his mechanics. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if there's anything mentally there. Like I don't think he has the yips or anything. He just like couldn't control shit because he has such his mechanics were off. Yeah, but it looks like he's cleaned that up pretty good. So as long as he can limit the walks, because that's really been his only issue. Is he just has eight walks a game, and then he's out in the fourth inning. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know if that it's was fun. something where like I'm I'm a big like just go off like the gut feel of everything like that, and it almost felt like every time he got down like a count, or every time like he got down like batter on first, batter on second, or whatever, he'd be like, ah, shit, like I don't know what to do, like got in his own head type of thing. So I didn't know if that was like the mental aspect of it or like more the mechanical aspect of it, but I think it might have been like a little bit of a combination of both type of thing, but I don't know. He looks like you said, like he looks like he's cleaned it up, and I'm, I'm excited to see him pitch this year. I'm jacked up to see what he can do because as long as he has uh, real opportunity to sh- – like he has some of the nastiest stuff I've ever seen. Just as long as he can control it and work with it, we'll yep. be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Pitching rotation is going to be insane this year. I'm so excited to see how that whole thing plays out. Um, and it, it should be fun. should be fun. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, position player-wise, though, not speaking rotation here, who are you looking forward to getting to keep an eye on this season? My pick's going to be on. I yeah. want to see what he can do fully back off his COVID issues because he said that's not an issue anymore. So yep. I want to see what he can do in a full 162. It was. I like that. 
there, there's always that thing, and you kind of touched about it at the beginning here with Johan, where it's like he fouls the ball off his foot, he's out for like a couple of days. And and I'm glad he wasn't out recently, but did you see like after he hit that bomb when he was just like limping in the dugout? Well, yeah, because he smoked the ball off his ankle, but like two pitches sure. before and then get a ball sure. on the moon. So I didn't, that was yeah. like one thing where like it almost looked like he was like grabbing his hamstring, and I was like, dude, if he like hurt his hamstring jogging around the bases, like I'm pissed. But I'm glad it was just like that ankle thing, but. It was still one of those things. Right? It, was, it was a little scary, but every every time now when he ever does that or like has like a, a kind of like a sprint to first base or whatever, I just like I clench up real quick. I'm like, yeah, for the love yeah, of God, this don't little fight, it's like, oh boy, he's gonna come up limping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the? Uh, sorry, keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to say, what was the bet I put on earlier? I want to say it was, oh yeah, twenty bucks to win five hundred for Luis Robert AL MVP. I'll throw that into yeah. the league. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to ride that one. Yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't. I'll ride that. I'll take it. I mean, whatever. Yeah. He's he's yeah. some player that's just like, there's nothing in my opinion that like, he's fine. He can just do whatever, and I'll be okay with it. I mean, he plays the entire outfield. So, like, it, like it's funny when he steals the ball from Eloy, but it's like, he literally has to. Yeah. So, and he's now- the guy who just let him do whatever the hell he wants, and it's like, if you perform you're good. Yeah. Now, now if Vaughn's going to be out there, he's he's going to expand his territory even more. Right? Like they're doing the same thing. The, uh, I don't know where it was said or Vaughn said something in a press conference or whatever. Three steps. That Larusa told him, "You have everything to the right of you, and to the left of you, it's all Luis." Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I want to say Vaughn was like, "I have I have three steps to the left of me, and other than that, Luis is catching that ball." <laughs> so yeah, it's true. That's what I, I told you that right as I, Michael, I told you that right as Eli got hurt. I was like, dude, like, listen, like, we don't have to have anybody special out in left field. I was like, Luis covers basically center to, you know, all the way to where the guy stands on the left. And he was yep. like, all you got to do is, like, have a guy catch, like, a routine fly ball and you're good. Like, that's all you really need in left field. Other than yeah. that, like, you're fine, which is why, like, Eli getting hurt is just, like, one of those things where it's like, what are you doing, dude? And, like, it's a spring training game. That ball was nowhere close to you being able to catch. Like, why are you going off for that? It's hard to take the competitiveness out of him, to like where he was trying to make a play. But yeah. like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, it's one like of those he's, things a, he's, like, he's legit a life safety liability in left field. And it, at this point, if the White Sox don't, they should have an insurance policy on him if they choose to put him back in left field. A thousand percent. His bat is insane, and then his fielding is just like he's a baby deer that's trying to learn how to run out there. Exactly. It's unbelievable. I, yeah. I don't understand how, like, nobody on the Sox has, like, sat him down during the offseason one time and been like, all right, like, Eloy, your bat's, your bat's where it needs to be. Like, your fielding is not even close to being anywhere, like, comparable. Just, like, let's work on, like, fielding technique this whole offseason. I yeah. just, like, don't understand where that hasn't, like, just gotten through to him. I have no idea. It's insane. Uh, I kind of want to touch on just, you know, like, the Sox in general. And this has been, like, a, a two, like, big, like, debates. And one of them has been Michael and I have been having this where uh, at the beginning, like it kind of looked like our starting rotation was set. And then there was like kind of that bullpen or like the last guy, they kind of like touched on Ronaldo Lopez, maybe getting that bullpen spot. And then Jimmy Cordero, obviously not in like a closing game situation, but just out of the pen in general, say we're up like four or five runs. Would you rather have Ronaldo Lopez or Jimmy Cordero come out of the pen? Jimmy Cordero. Fuck. Let's go. Fuck. Let's go. I told he's you. Tommy Johnson, he's out, so it doesn't even matter. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Cordero's good. Like, he's good. He's just 
last year was severely overused. I mean, he pitched 10 times a week. Thank you. Renteria, Renteria loves him. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand there was, it. There was something going on there because there's no reason that guy should have been out of the pen as much as he was. Because when, he, when he's not overused, he was great. Like what, when, he, was when he was coming off a few days rest, he was nasty. Didn't he throw every game or just about every game? No, uh, I don't know. Probably somewhere around there. He had a pitch from, like, I would say, like, 40, something like that. Let's but set if, the over-under at 36 and a half. I'd probably take oh, – oh, that's I'm tough. I'm hammering the over. I'm, I'm going to take the <laughs> under just, just for the, the competition. He was just one of those guys where, like, his stats and all could be good, but, like, it just felt like no matter where, like, Grandal or whoever was catching would set up, low and away, low and in or whatever. What was it? We're under. Nah, I'll take the Ooh. under, baby. 30, 30 games on the dot with a 6.08 ERA. God, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. It just so felt every like every other game. 26.2 in his pitching. Jesus, dude. You're pitching, you're pitching one out of every two games. That's insane. There was no reason like, for that. It just seemed like at the, the later end of the season, he was literally out there every single game. Yep. It, like, it also yep. just felt like one of those things, and this probably just, like I said, isn't true, but I'm one of those like gut-feeling guys where like, it didn't matter where like Grandall set up or whoever was catching him set up. It could be like low and away and like a normal pitcher. If you're setting up low and away, maybe misses like in the dirt or outside or whatever. It just felt like wherever their catcher set up, he would always miss directly down the middle of the plate and it would inevitably fuck us. And I'd be like, dude, what are you doing out there, man? It, it got to the point where at the end of this, like earlier in the year, it wasn't that big of a deal, but during that last stretch where Cleveland smoked us, it just seemed like every bullpen decision fucked us. Like Wait. Jose Ruiz, when Jose I Ramirez was, is up to bat, you know that was going so mad. Yep, I was so mad. Every I time, should, like I, I see Jose Ruiz pitch another game in the majors, I will lose my fucking <laughs> mind. That dude stinks. <laughs> He's horrible. And didn't we? Didn't we like sign him off waivers? Like maybe like four or five days before that too. I'm pretty sure we like just either oh. brought him up. I, I want to say we like just brought him well, up or something. He's been in the organization for a, a decent amount of time. Then, then we just brought him up from the minors, like right before that. Because yeah. I remember it was like some like Ross move and like we bring him up and then he's pitching like two days later and I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? It was one of those things where it was like every time, every time I saw Jimmy Cordero towards the end of that last season, I was like, what are we doing out here? Like we're trying to win games. Like Jimmy Cordero is not the guy to be like saving a one run game right now. And the MLB is like one of those things where I don't think the manager really affects the game that much if the team's good. Like, the White Sox have so much talent. Whatever decision La Russa makes should not affect the outcome of the game, like, that much. But Ricky Renteria might have lost that team 10 games last year. Easily. That's Easily what we were saying. 10 yep. games. Yep. Easily. Unbelievable. His, his yeah. pitching decisions and, like, bullpen decisions made absolutely no sense. And it was one of those things where I kept telling, like, everyone, like, Michael, my cousin, who's, like, Sox fan, and just being, like, it's insane that every Sox fan, especially on like Sox Twitter or whatever, would be like, "Like, what the fuck are we doing here with this decision?" And it's like, if everybody collectively agrees and like, we just all are sitting here being like, "This is a bad move to make." I don't understand how that manager like still makes that. It's just something that like blows my mind in that way. Just everything seems so obvious when we're sitting on our couches. I but guess I, I don't know. I guess in the, I, I guess mean, in the heat of the moment. In the playoffs, that, that game three. Ricky was bent over, looking like he had shit the entire game. Yeah. That is not a playoff manager. There's no way you should be that nervous. Yeah. Yep. And I guess it was one of those things where they, I want to say, I forget who talked about it, but they were like, yeah, it was supposed to go like that, but Crochet wasn't supposed to go down so early. 
So yeah, I guess that's one of those things that like kind of fucks you. That fucked us, but yeah. As a manager, he was like just hunched over like he was me with a five game parlay that was four and up. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "What are we doing?" Yeah, I agree. I don't money on the game. That's the only, only way that that was a gambler's stance right there. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing that shit for two hours yesterday, sweating out Baylor, and I'm about to be doing it again because Bama's down a hundred. Oh God. oh, God. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Another one that really – I guess this one is the first one that, you know, just normal debate that doesn't really have to do anything with the current White Sox. Give me your favorite and least favorite White Sox player of all time. All time. I mean, favorite's an obvious one. Paul Canerco. Paulie. Uh, Paulie. An absolute classic. That, that's just an obvious one. That, that man molded my childhood. Yep. Fair, fair. Leach favorite? Hmm. No, Ooh. I oh. very, very short stint, but I have never hated somebody more than I hated that cocksucker. <laughs> I could not stand that guy. He was he was one of those guys where I was just always being like, hey, like he's gonna get one, and then it's like floodgates are open, and the like floodgates he, just never he open. That, he hit that one home run in Stinsy, and it was the best moment of my life. <laughs> oh I yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was no. The the hype around him when he came in was insane, and then his ability to live up to that was trashed. They're like, oh, he's gonna hit. If it was a full season, he'd hit two eighty with thirty home runs. Like, yeah, good. Well, it's like one of those things. Coming out of Texas, I want to say he had like at least twenty home runs every single year, and he was like pretty yeah, young, he, and it was like he was consistently at like two. His ceiling is like two eighty twenty. Yeah, and it was and like. That, he got here and just was awful. It was like they chose the highlight of him hitting a 500 foot home run against the Sox in 2019, and it's like, fuck yeah, this dude's gonna hit nukes. He's gonna he's gonna put it on the concourse, and then it just sucked. <laughs> and yep. it was one of those things. It, it wouldn't. I feel like it almost wouldn't have been as bad if Adam Ang- if Adam Angle didn't have the season he did last year, where it was like, hey, every time he's up to that, like he does something well, and then he's like, like way better defense. Time, like, why is this guy not our everyday right fielder? It got towards the end of the season where, like, every time he did something, I would just text Michael and, like, all the buddies in my, like, White Sox group chat and be like, I don't know why he doesn't play. He's our everyday right fielder. He should be. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. either him or Drake LaRoche. Those are, those <laughs> are the most played, I think. I, dude, I got to go. I got to go Yolmer Sanchez. I fucking hate Yolmer Sanchez. I hated everything about him. I, I like Yolmer. His, his family's nice. I, I like him as, like, a person. I think he's, like, very funny, and I think he's, like, a great clubhouse guy. It was just, like, every time he was up to bat, I was, like, automatic out. Like here it comes, yeah. here comes like a, a, a like poorly hit ground ball to like the shortstop. Yeah, yeah not, not even out on him. Not even Adam Laroche, Drake. LaRoche. <laughs> That's my second hated White Sox player. Fuck that kid. <laughs> I hope he's doing. I hope he's whatever he's doing. How old is he now? I have no idea. But exactly. fuck that kid. <laughs> I respect it. I respect. Yeah, it. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I I like the Pauly pick too. I gotta go with Jim Tomey though for the most favorite. I, I had my batting stance in Little League based off his batting stance, big lefty. I, I got to go Love with my that. boy Jim Tomac. Michael? Yeah, or Frank Thomas. I was going to throw Frank Thomas in there. I mean, you can't go wrong with that pick. I feel you like can't. I didn't get to like experience him enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm too too young for Frank Thomas. I, I miss that. That's why, like, my dad growing up, he would say Frank <laughs> Thomas. But, like, I, I, mean, I feel like – 
I'm, I'm old enough that I caught the very tail end there. And like with backyard baseball, I still, you know, had him around a little bit. Yeah. So the backyard baseball is big time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you want right there. Yeah. I never experienced MVP Frank Thomas. But yeah. 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 We've been lucky. We went Thomas Canerco Abreu. So. And then soon to be Vaughn. So it's hopefully that tradition just keeps rolling. I like that. that I'll I'll, take that I love that. Uh, uh, Notre Dame football is tight end U is White Sox first base, first base. U. I'll take that. <laughs> I can get behind that. I'm all there about that. Okay. I'm all about that. Okay. <laughs> Possibly um, the, the most underrated first base university of all time. Boom. Let's get that one started. Let's get that one going. We can start that up. We can start that up. Talk all this shit about Mike Trout. It's like Frank Thomas had better stats his entire career. <laughs> we talked about Frank Thomas. Paul Canerco, not a Hall of Famer. Paul, very good. But he molded the childhoods of everybody in the Chicagoland area. And MVP, though, was the greatest human to ever live. So. Dude, the the red red batting gloves in the back pocket today, like I almost brought a tear to my eye. Like, like you got to put a seat on that man's chest and build a statue right now. Immediately. Like, retire his number tomorrow. Immediately. I was, I was yep. like, I want a full yep. ceremony, 79 up on the facade of the 200 level, whatever it is. I need it. 100%. I, I, I almost think that, like, he almost does regardless. But if he, like, if they win a World Series this year, like, it's set in stone. Like, that thing's going up. It's easy. I think regardless of if they do or not, in my opinion, obviously it's just like a, like I said, gut reaction fan. I think he gets one. He gets his number retired eventually, but I think I think even without a World Series, they yeah. retire early. Yeah, I agree. He's yep. just an absolutely like, and it's one of those things where like I felt so good for him, like having to go through like all those years of just absolute like dog shit White Sox teams, and then yeah, finally right. being able to like see the other end of it. If they didn't resign him, and you just had to watch this from another team, like them making runs, that would suck. Uh, I'd be I'd be sad for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, kind of, I guess, kind of last question we got here. Like we talked earlier, big on the social media, CEO of the QTMFBB. What can we expect social media wise this year? You're at least getting 162 post games out of me. That's what you love to see. Love <laughs> All to right. see it. All right. Hopefully, we get some some more out of that. 162 plus. Oh yeah. I feel like I feel like we got that in the bag. Uh, if we don't make the playoffs, I'll I'll die in a ditch. So I'll be I'll be so mad. <laughs> We better get a hundred sixty yeah. plus. Yeah, but so looking looking forward to those videos to say the least. Yeah, QTMFBB will absolutely scuff up the internet this season. I can promise you that. Amen. Love that. That's what you like to hear. That's what you like to hear. We'll be at a couple decent amount of Sox games, so we'll hopefully get to meet up with you then. And uh, should be a good year. We're looking I forward did, to uh, it. I only got one last year because I did the uh, the fake one against the Cubs. But oh, yeah. two years ago, okay. uh, 43. So hopefully we get we get close to that number again. Hey, we'll talk about hey, there, uh, love that. I'll be there on the 10th, and I'll be there the entire third weekend of April. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an incredible feeling to walk through those doors again. I'm, I'm yep. excited. I'm excited for the smell. Give me a little hot dog. Give me a little bit of everything. A couple Miller lights. I'll be I, good. I, I, may, I may just break down like a shot, <laughs> like a little baby. Oh, yeah. Just the second yeah. I walk in. Love that. Love that. Hey, also, if you're ever in South Bend going to Notre Dame, Notre Dame game, more than welcome. We'll try Never been. Definitely got to get down there. Oh, dude, you're missing out. It is there you a go. Come up, come, come for a game. We'll we'll get you taken care of there. No worries. That'll be good stuff. I'm in, fellas. Thank you. 
Hey, again, thank you for coming on. If you want to follow him on Twitter, Brian Knights three on Twitter. What's your Instagram? Uh, Brian dot Knights. Like you want Brian, to follow him? I don't really use Instagram though. So. Gotcha. Hit him up on Twitter, Brian Knights three. Absolute legend. Great overall Chicago sports content. Once again, thank you for coming on, Brian. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, hey guys. This was awesome. had to fake those cracks uh I, I guess the first recording didn't start on time so we already cracked open our miller light refills but again big thanks to brian for coming on the episode today um lots of socks talk coming as the season moves on and uh you will definitely be hearing from him again hopefully so uh big thank you to him as we do every monday here on shed some light we have our light fights coming up in this segment and I don't know. Recently, I feel like we've been, you know, kind of sticking with a sort of theme or trend with each light fight. And that's what I was kind of going for today as well. I know that this is something that we've briefly touched on in the past, but I figured we could take a little bit deeper of a dive into it on this episode. And that would be light fights between college football coaches. Ooh, I like this a lot. (laughs) <laughs> I like <it> so, a <laughs> lot. so what i did was i looked up the end of the most recent college football seasons top 25 okay and i took the top 14 teams so that way we had seven fights and I'm, i just went straight down the line head coach of each team for the top 14 teams and that's that's how i lined it up all right i'm ready okay so first fight, uh, number one versus number two. I know that, uh, you know, if we were doing this typical bracket style, this isn't how it would go, but whatever. That's how we're doing it today. Whatever. Number one, Nick Saban fighting number two, Dabo Sweeney. Should be a clear winner in my opinion. But Dude, okay, see, I this is where maybe, but I don't know. Because I know that Nick Saban is uh, a lot older. Than Dabo Sweeney, mm-hmm. but like I feel like Dabo Sweeney's got the whole like peaceful man of God type of thing going for him, and Nick <laughs> Saban like can really just unleash some shit onto you. So like I, there's like I think I think you, uh, it, it, if I'm correct, I think you think that Dabo Sweeney's a clear winner. I do. I think it's a lot closer of a fight than you think, and I might even be going Nick Saban here. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Nick Saban could put up a bit of a fight, but I think in the end, Dabo's winning this one. I Relatively think, I, think I might have said this on an earlier light fight, but like, can you give me Nick Saban off an Alabama loss as the person that's fighting? Oh, because yeah. Then I'll See, take I don't him know. over any coach. I'll, take, <laughs> I'll legitimately take him over any coach because I think he'll kill somebody before Alabama loses a football game. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, you said, it's a clear winner. I think it's closer than we expect. I mean, I'm going. In my opinion, a clear winner is someone who has a greater than fifty percent chance of winning, and I'm going Dabo like sixty forty. Dude, I think it's a coin toss. No, I and I'll, dude, I'm telling you that X factor is just like I feel like Dabo is almost like, and I know Dabo can get mad, but I feel like he's almost too nice. And someone one time compared him to uh, Vector from Despicable Me, and whenever you <laughs> compare to Vector from Despicable Me, it's not a good look for you. <laughs> so, 
I think I, I think I gotta go my man Nick Saban right here, and he's not even my man. I'm taking I'm taking Dabo for Dude, sure. Nick Saban, but like Nick Saban, like he has already analyzed Dabo's like uh, like fighting pattern or whatever. Like he's got all the knowledge, dude. He knows. He knows yeah. what's going to happen before it happens. Okay. He's just all he's right. just too smart to lose. So after last week with us agreeing on almost every fight, you know, we are already off on our first one here. So let us know who you have in that one. We are moving on to fight number two. And uh, that would be the number three versus number four. Well, actually, mm, I don't know where this number three comes in. This is just the information that I was provided, and that's what we're going to go with. Number three, we're going with uh, Coach Ed Ogeron from LSU. And uh, uh, okay, number four is Lincoln Riley yeah, from Oklahoma. Have to say that. That's <laughs> come on. What do we, it's not amateur hour. It's Ed Ogeron would be the only one. Ed Ogeron, I lied. He could beat Nick Saban. He could beat Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I'm with you. Because Ed Ogeron is just an, a, an absolute specimen, to say the least. Like, he just is – there's just really nothing you can do that you can beat him. You ever seen him running when he runs with his shirt off? And he just kind of like waddles like this down? Dude, yep. that's a specimen right there. I'm he also – I'm also pretty sure that he drinks uh, like upwards of like six Red Bulls a day. So, you know, he's ready to just run through a brick wall. And also the fact that he calls the son, Mr. Ray Baker, like <laughs> everything about it, it ends every conversation with a little go Tigers. Just that's the best. Also, yeah, yeah. also, and I'll tell you why he can beat Nick Saban. It's that post game press conference last year after they like beat him in like the SEC championship or the playoffs or whatever. And he was like, Roll Tide, what? Fuck you! And that, like that, you just win every <laughs> single time. You just win, even though they lost this year. You still win. There you go. There you go. All right, we're in agreement there. Coach O wins that one. Moving on to fight number three here. Uh, in my opinion, this is the one of the only like fights in which I think this actually favors the coach who I'm going to pick. Okay, and that would be um, Kirby Smart out of Georgia, taking on Notre Dame's own Brian oh, Kelly. Dude, come on now. I can't, I I can't mean, pick it against my boy BK. That's right. I'm, I, I'm with you there. I'm not picking against BK, and I think that is a fantastic matchup for him because Kirby Smart looks kind of like a doughboy. Also, you know BK's got that switch. Oh. He's got that switch. Where like, he, he's, he's, going like, he's going like Hulk smash mode on you real quick. Where you just don't want to get oh, yeah. in his way. Oh, yeah. He'd be very much like a coach where, like, I cross him at the wrong time, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to – I don't even want to be anywhere near you at this moment. <laughs> like, let alone yeah. get a fight with you. Like, that's one of those times where, like, I feel like he starts to fight off, and he's like, hey, like, listen, like, we don't really have to fight if you don't want to. And then, like, gets clocked one time, and he's like – he, like, wipes the blood off his lip, you know, and he's like – all right, you fucking asked for it. Like, let's go. Like, it's game this over now. You're done. And oh, then yeah. He, just, he, gets, he had that one punch that hit him, and then he do, doesn't get touched the rest of the match. Yep. Yep. So, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I didn't – I wouldn't really take BK in too many, like, big fights like this, but definitely against Kirby Smart, like, no shot he loses that one. Dude, okay, so you're saying you wouldn't take him in a lot. This is – he's a lot like Nick Saban to me. Where, like, 
he's got that X factor of like when I, you've seen him with the, the the red face BK where you're like, I'm no one's crossing that guy. I'm not saying that I wouldn't take him in a lot of fights. I'm just saying that like it has to be a a well set up matchup for me to have confidence in his fighting abilities. You gotta pick your battles for sure. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of those times it's like it's almost like it he is very much a younger Nick Saban. We're like Wait, are you going to get me when he's like, are you going to get Nick Saban after a loss? Are you going to get pissed off Brian Kelly? Because yeah. both of those are like, that's like unstoppable force versus immovable object. Like who's winning that? <laughs> that's the fight. That's the fight we really all should see. Pissed yeah. off Brian Kelly versus after a loss, Nick Saban. That's tough right there. That's, that's, that's the, you know, the main <laughs> event right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm glad we're on the same page again for that one. Um, Next one, interested to hear your take, but in my opinion, another clear winner. So we have Ohio State's Ryan Day taking on Florida's uh, Dan Mullen. Ooh. I think, I think so these are very much like two coaches that like I don't pay a lot of attention to, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with Ryan Day solely based on the fact that I feel like he's got a solid like five to ten years on him. Yeah, um, Dan Mullen, like, don't get me wrong, not bad. He was at, he was at Mississippi younger. State, right? What'd you say? Was he, did he ever coach like Mississippi State or like somewhere in the SEC? Besides? Uh, yeah, Mississippi State, I believe. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm still going Ryan Day. Well, let me see here. Dan Mullen is, he was born in... 1972. I guarantee Ryan Day's got like 10, 5, 10 years on. So Dan Mullen's 49. He looks, hey, not going to lie. Dan Mullen looks good for 49. Dude. But Ryan Day is definitely younger, and I'm taking Ryan Day for sure. You want to talk about, you said uh, Dan Mullen looks good for 49. Nick Saban's fucking turning 70. Yeah, I know. It's good for seventy. I know. I'd have, I would have if without knowing that I would have spotted him at like fifty five. I would have gone. I would have gone like late. I would have gone like I would have gone like ten years younger, fifty nine. Yeah. When when I heard his age for the first time, I want to say I heard his age like first time I've ever like because nobody really talks about the age of any like football coach or whatever. But the first time I heard his age, probably like two three years ago, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, he's a." 67 is like pushing 70. I was like, there is no fucking way that's true. Yeah. I was I was blown away. He looks great for his age, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that he does. Which is why that I like to say he could probably still beat the fuck out of anybody. <laughs> okay. Um, so we both got Ryan Day in that one? I think so, yeah. All right, good, good. Okay, moving on here. Uh, next up, we have uh, Penn State's. James Franklin, and he has taken on, is it now Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher? Ooh, ooh, this one. This one's a good one. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because, it, like, neither of them, neither of them bring anything, like, uh, particularly special to the table. Yep. yep. They're just both just kind of like, you know, you're there. <laughs> you're there. I, I kind of almost want to. Do they got a height and weight on on Jimbo here? That one I didn't look into. <laughs> I mean, because I'll tell you what, I'm going. I think I'm going James Franklin, but like if Jimbo's got the height and weight on him, 
like then maybe I go, you know, maybe I go Jimbo. Let me see here. I'm doing a little bit of research, background research here. Jimbo. Woo. Let me see. You know what? Nah, I'm going James Franklin. I got a story to tell you about James Franklin, but I got a story to tell you about James Franklin, but I don't think I can tell it on the podcast. So I'll tell you off the podcast, but it's, uh, it backs up my reasoning for going with James Franklin. He is one, (laughs) one tough motherfucker not to be messed with. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I know you're going, I know you're going. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I was leaning James Franklin for sure on that one. Um, unless you had some sort of backdoor argument to convince me that Jimbo had some sort of hidden powers that I didn't know about. I, I do not. Okay. <laughs> okay. So James Franklin will take that victory. Um, coming down to our final two matchups here. Next up on the list here, we have the one and only Jim Harbaugh Ooh. out of Michigan. Okay, and he is taking on now Central Florida's head coach, Gus Malzahn. Ooh, ooh. Tough. As much as, like, uh, we talked about it with Brian, like, before the podcast started, like, I can never, ever root for Michigan or anything related to Michigan, but I got to go Jimbo. I got to go Jim Harbaugh on this. Dude, he (sighs) he is almost like, he's like a a crazier and not as technically sound version as Nick Saban where like, I feel like he's just got all the, like all the moves coming out of the back pocket. Like you just never know what you're going to get with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a wild card for sure. He, but... he reminds me of someone where like, he'd just be like, like you'd set up like the little arena to fight in between these two. And like, Jim Harbaugh's there two days in advance in camouflage, laying on the mat, ready to go, and being like, I'm going to fucking trick him when he gets in here, and I'm going to sneak attack him. Like, that's what yeah. Jim Harbaugh – like, that's what he I think about when I think about Jim Harbaugh. Like, he's always just bringing that, like, little, like, oh, I don't know what the fuck's going on with this guy. I don't know if he's crazy or if I don't know if he's, like, you know, just really smart type of person. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, the type, those are definitely the type of people you just don't want to mess with. I mean, I I don't want to pick Jim Harbaugh for anything, but I do feel like <laughs> when it comes to like a a fighting or wrestling match like this, he is one thousand percent a wild card, and therefore I cannot go against him. Dude, he he's definitely pulling out like all the stops. Like he's like rubbing himself down with like Vaseline to make sure that he's like slippery enough to get out of anything. Like you know, yeah. he's got like. 10 different like submission holds that he's got in his back pocket. Like <laughs> put you in the arm bar, put you in the Kimura triangle lock. Like he's got the whole thing like just ready to go. Oh yeah. Oh, it yeah. also just wouldn't surprise me if like, he just like kind of like low key, like boxed on the side of like being like a football coach. Well, didn't, didn't him and his brothers used to wrestle and yeah. fight all the time when they were younger. So like he's got and some he's experience. He's just like ultra competitive. So like, I'm, I, yeah. I, I, I gotta go Jim. I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. I used to hate Jim Harbaugh, but ever since listening to like him on part of my take, I kind of like him now. And I like him even more that he's in Michigan because he's just not doing anything particularly special. So keep being in Michigan, Jim. It's yeah. Good, it's good for everyone uh, that hates Michigan. Wait, what'd you say? I said Jim Harbaugh being in Michigan is good for everybody that hates Michigan. 
because yeah, they just suck all wrong. the time. So it's not, not wrong. It's not anything crazy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know something funny that I heard the other day about uh, relevant to the NCAA basketball tournament. Hmm. Uh, Oral Roberts has more wins over Ohio State than Jim Harbaugh does. Fuck you, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Michigan. There you go. There you go. So, it, unfortunately, we have to pick Jim Harbaugh, but we are not picking Michigan in any sort of way. We're picking, yeah, we're picking Jim Harbaugh. We're not picking Michigan. Yep. Yep. Mutually exclusive. <laughs> right. Okay. Last matchup here. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Last one. We have North Carolina's Mac Brown. He's pretty old. I know. I'm, tough. Yeah, it's just, it is going to be tough to pick him. Yep, and he is going up against Texas head coach Tom Herman. Oh, dude, come on. <laughs> Unfair matchup come in on, my what, what are we doing here? I mean, this, Unfair. Is, this is this – is, didn't Mac Brown used to coach at Texas, though? Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of a revenge factor. Maybe I'm talking myself into Mac Brown right now. No way. I might be talking myself into Mac Brown right now. The revenge factor? Oh, you think you'd come in and take my job? Elbow from the top rope? Bang. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he was, he was there back in the Vince Young National Championship days. Yeah, dude, I might be talking myself in the background. No way, Tom Herman for sure. I don't know, dude. How old is he? Sixty-nine. Wow. Let me tell you, he looks a lot older. Tom Tom Herman's only forty-six. Dude, Mac Brown looks a lot older than Nick Saban. I'll tell you that though. They're the same age. They're the same age. Yeah. Oof, that's tough. Yeah, I am. I think I might have talked myself into Mac Brown. What you just said that he looks even older than his age already indicates. He does. But so how the people are going to forget about the revenge? No way, dude. The revenge. No way. Tom Herman takes that one for the revenge, sure. The revenge. Nope. Nope. Dude, you know who you should have really put in this fight? Tom Allen. Oh. He would be up there with like one of the top fighters, yeah. I feel like. Even though LEO love each other, but like he's ready to go. He'll go to battle. If you told him like, hey, you're like your team's on the line right here. Like, he's beating anybody. Yeah. Shout, dude, shout out to Tom Allen. <laughs> shout out, baby. I'll take a bullet for you. All right, so those were the only fights that I had lined up for today. I like Give us a little something, um, you know, to look forward to. We're not that close to college football season, but we got spring college football going on right now. And, uh, you know, Buccaneer pride, baby. <laughs> and uh, gives us something to look forward to, I guess. Amen. There you go. There you go. Um, Anything else or you want to take a break here? I think we're good. All right. Let's take one more break. Grab some Miller Lite refills. We will be back to wrap up this episode with dumb thoughts and random stories coming up after the break. I fucked up. Oh, that was so bad. I didn't get the finger ready. Tough start to the last segment here, but the boys are back. You can hear we've got our Miller Lite refills on the last segment of Shed Some Light episode 63. We are wrapping up this Monday episode with dumb thoughts and random stories from the weekend, I guess. And uh, 
Jack, you have quite a few. I only have one. How do you want to start this? You want me to go? You want to go? You can go. Okay. So one thing that I think about rather frequently and like I'm hoping that with me sharing this, it will mean that more people will also think about this. But I am pretty sure that I have found a distinct way of like of mind control. I've I've figured out mind control. Uh, explain. <laughs> okay, so it sounds really crazy when I first say it, and I'm sure that there's a better explanation for it. But what I'm saying is, say, can what? I can I tell you something real quick? Now that you're kind of talking it through real quick. Yeah. Females have already figured this out, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We're we I know. males are way behind on this. If we're if we're going well, if we're if we're speaking the truth right here. We've lost that battle years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying in general that this this works on complete strangers. I'm I'm very interested in hearing this. And the funny thing is when I tell you, you're going to be like, this is the dumbest thing ever. But like I said, it's something that I think about rather frequently. So, so okay, you're, before you get into this, have you tried this? Yeah, Has works every worked? time. Works every time. All right. And when I tell you how it works every time, again, you're going to roast me for it, but it's hilarious. So you're sitting in line. You're at a red light, okay? You're a couple cars in. What? I already, Do you know don't, where I'm I already don't like where this is going. <laughs> so you're sitting in line at a red you. light. You're sitting in line at a red light, right? And you got plenty of space between the car in front of you. And if you look in your rearview mirror and you're like, all right, watch this. I'm going to move up, and I guarantee you that the person behind me also moves up. That's no. No. no Just because you no, do it. No. It's like, watch this. No. I can control that guy's actions. No. No. Yes. That's not my yes. control. Then what is it? It's just like a natural reaction. But but he – okay. So if you were to stay in the exact same spot, the person behind you wouldn't do anything. Yes, and, if and that's why it's not mind control. If you could be like – if you, you could stay in the exact same spot and be like, hey – watch this and then look at the in your rear view mirror and be like hit my car i dare you and that person hits your car that's mind control you moving up to no. that natural dude that that's like that's like saying like the doctor is like hey like guess what your your lower leg's gonna flare out when i hit you right here boom mind control i gotcha it's just a natural I reaction mean, i i i i will sit at the light and look in my rear view mirror and be like watch this i guarantee you i can make the guy behind me make an action just by me moving up a little bit and like 99% of the time it works. Yeah, dude, that's just, that's like, that's like being like, like doing the thing where you like fake punch someone and be like, like before you do this, be like, Hey, watch me, watch this. I'm going to control this guy's mind. He's going to flinch. And then like doing that, like that's not mind control. That's just like a natural reaction. I told you that you would roast me for it, but th- that's how I look at it. I look at it as it's mind not, control. It's not mind control. Mind control is like I said, like in that situation, if you were like, if you like hit my car and like pay my deductible or whatever the fuck it is, I don't know how insurance works, but like that happens and then they hit your car, then I'd be like, all right, you got mind control. This, the, no, the what I'm you're saying, talking about saying, is just like, it's just like, that's just like natural reactions. It's like, oh, the no, person because me moved up, I'm going to move up. I, I say I say to myself as I'm sitting in line at the red light, watch this. I can make this guy move. I move up. He moves up. Boom. That was because of me. 
No. Yes. It wasn't. It was. That was because of me that he did that. It was it was because of you, sure, but you didn't tell him to do it. I, I without telling him, told Dude, him okay. to do that. But you understand that like this can just be applied to anything then? You could be playing catch with a baseball, right? And you could be like, hey, watch this, catch this ball, and then throw the ball at them, and then they catch it and be like, <laughs> I told him to catch that ball. Like that it's just, that's just like natural things to do. You could then you could then do it to anything. You could be like you could be like, hey, will you grab me a beer? And they'd be like, yeah, I'll grab you a beer. Be like, I told them to grab me a beer. That's mind control. <laughs> well, no, because that that right there, you physically told them to. Yeah, but you they could say no. That other person could not move up. He, that's just, why I said it only works about ninety nine percent of the time. It's just natural reactions. That's not mind control. Mind, if, if, like I said, if that person hit you because you told them to hit you, then I'd be like, all right, Michael's got some fucking juicy working up right now. Like, that's that's something. Why why, why do you have to kill my dreams? I That's how I look at it as mind control. I mean, you can keep looking at that that way, but I'm just going to be honest with you. You're, you're just wrong. <laughs> all right, so that's you're how I'm looking incorrect. at it. I'm going to keep at that no matter what you say. And, uh, oh, no, UCLA just took the lead. Not good. Not good for Michael or Brian, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Over to you. That's all I got. All right, so I got kind of like three things to talk about. Um, and the first thing I'm going to bring up kind of takes a little bit of explaining. Um, I don't think antiperspirant deodorant works. And I'll tell you why. So, like, if you're doing anything that, like, you're going to, like, sweat during and, like, Say, like, say it's like working out, right? You're going, you're going to the gym. You're getting a workout in. Say you don't wear deodorant, and then the next day you do, and you do the exact same workout. You're not going to sweat at a different period of time, you know? Like that, there's no fucking way that works. So then it's not antiperspirant. You're not. You're still going to sweat. It doesn't prevent you from sweating. Yeah, you're not wrong. Can I sue them for like? slander or what is that I, libel? I, I don't know i don't know the thing is though the okay so this is just from my personal experience the dove men plus care regular deodorant versus the like spray on deodorant you know yeah. have you used the spray on no okay the spray on deodorant will last you like three days like you could spray that thing on on monday morning and still smell like you have deodorant on on wednesday Whereas, like, the stick of deodorant lasts a couple hours. Deodorant, like, like, I think deodorant, I think the only thing deodorant does is, like, make your armpits smell good. I don't think there's a, such a thing as, like, antiperspirant deodorant. Yeah. Like, yeah I don't yeah. think it's going to be one of those things, where, like, if you just sweat a lot and you, like, put on anti, quote-unquote, antiperspirant deodorant, I don't think you're going to, like, stop sweating. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing. So I don't understand yes. how they're allowed to say that and then it just not happens. Yeah. Again, I don't can know. I sue? Can I sue them? Alabama going to the line. Uh, Michael, yes, pumped up about can. this Alabama game. What'd you say? So you're pumped up about this Alabama game. I need him to win. <laughs> um, I think you can. All right. Well, then I got a class action lawsuit. If anybody wants to hop on, I don't know. How, again, I'm an ideas guy. If somebody wants to start the class action lawsuit, that'd be great. 
I'll not up to us to execute it. But I got the idea, so give me some. There you go. Like if every, every again, this is another thing that I just thought of. I don't know how class action lawsuits work, but like give me a higher proportion than everybody else. Michael yep. is just locked into this Alabama game and does not care at all what's going on during the podcast right now. He missed his first free throw. Alabama's down one with six seconds left, shooting free throws. That's shooting one more free. They missed their second too, just to piss you off. Oh, he missed it! Let's oh go. my god! Let's go, no. fuck you, Michael. Sorry, Brian. Fuck no. you, Michael. Did they lose? Uh. Uh, UCLA is shooting free throws up one with four seconds left. All right, they lost. Lock in. I got some other stuff to talk about. Uh, number two, you know how girls on like Instagram will like uh, like hype each other up, where they're like, if they like one of their friends, it's a girl, like posts like a, you know, like oh yeah, good picture. They'll like post it on their story or whatever, and be like, it's my girl. Like look at look at her, like doing yep. her thing, whatever. I saw that this weekend. I almost kind of want to start this, and I just think it'd be super funny. Like, can guys start doing that? Can we start hyping <laughs> each other up, dude? Like, fuck yeah, dude, looking fucking hot, bro. Let's go. Like, flex that fucking pack right there, dude. Your arms are looking juiced up, dude. Let's go. How funny would that be? Just, are you talking, like, publicly commenting on dude, this? Dude, I'm talking public comments. I'm talking, like... One of my boys like posts like a, a Instagram picture. Maybe he's like flexing a little bit. Like I post that on my story. I'm like, bro's looking jacked up today, dude. Like shout out to him. Let's just, you know, hype each other up a little bit. There you go. I was thinking there about that. If it was like the reverse, I just think it'd be so funny. I think it'd be <laughs> fucking hilarious. I'm just being like, dude, he's looking fucking juiced up today, bro. And just the way that like girls talk about other girls is like so different than like guys talk about other guys. Like girls are like so nice to people over mm-hmm. like the internet and kind of almost like face to face where they're like, "Oh my god, you look so like pretty today." Like, you look. You, did you lose some weight? And guys are just like, "What's up, you fucker? You look dumb today." <laughs> <laughs> like, what if guys started like hyping each other up like that? I guess we could start that. World would be a better place, maybe. Who knows? There you go. I might start hyping up the bros real quick. We can get behind that. Bros looking juiced up today. Shed some light, hyping up the bros. Hyping up the bros, baby. Let's go. <laughs> start hyping up some bros. Okay. Any any of the bros that follow the Shed Some Light account, we'll start hyping you out. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just start giving you shout-outs. Every time you post a picture, you'll be like, dude's looking nice today. What's up, dude? Yep. Yep. Love that. All right, so I told All you right. about this in between segments. This was my dream last night. And it was so dumb that I oh Alabama just tied it at the end of regulation. Oh my Let's go! Up. Let's go! I never thought that I would be cheering this hard for Alabama. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Back to your dream. All right. So my dream last night was so stupid that I woke up this morning like and kind of chuckled to myself <laughs> because I was like, "That was the stupidest dream I've ever had." So again, I don't know. How like I don't get how long dreams last. I heard yeah. the thing. I heard the one thing that like your entire dream lasts within the last like I don't know if it was like five minutes or five seconds of your sleep. Yeah, right before you wake up. Yeah, so I don't know how long this was happening. So my alarm this morning was going off, mm-hmm. and in my dream, and for what seemed like like at least twenty minutes in my dream, because I was getting mm-hmm. mad, like in my dream, I was looking for a phone. That their alarm was going off. 
And I was like, motherfucker, where the, where the fuck is this phone with the alarm going off? And I couldn't find it. And in my dream, it seems like it was like 20 minutes long. I was walking upstairs. I was walking downstairs. I was like, is this phone in the fucking vent? What is going on right now? Why is the alarm still going off? And I was, I was pissed off in my dream. I was like, dude, I was like, I've been looking for this for 30 fucking minutes. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then I legitimately like woke up in real life and turned off my alarm. And I was like, I am so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was, that was a real dumb thing to happen right there. And yeah. Like, I was just like, I, I don't know. I was just like, that was the stupidest, maybe one of the stupidest dreams I've ever had. <laughs> in my dream, it was more than it was like more than me too. It was like an entire group of my friends looking for one phone to turn off the alarm. And we, none of us could find it. Yeah. And I was like, man, it's pretty crazy. I, I, I went on a pretty long streak of having like very weird and vivid dreams for, I would say a couple weeks straight. And then recently I've just, I couldn't tell you the last dream that I had. I want to ask you a question real quick about dreams. Are you one of those people that is like, I had a dream about like, I don't know, turning off my alarm and that like, I, I Googled it and it really means that like, if you're anxious about turning off your alarm then you're anxious about something in real life, are you one of those people? Uh, no, Neither but most of, most of the times my dreams are so random that I then look them up to be like, what the heck does this even mean? I don't even do that because, and I'll tell you why I, I asked this question on an earlier podcast and I think it's the same thing for people who write about dreams where I asked it about horoscopes, like who writes horoscopes? Why, oh, yeah. why do they get to decide that? Yeah. Who the fuck knows about dreams? <laughs> why does something that I dream about, why does someone else just get to be like, yeah, this is exactly what it means? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, I guarantee you they don't know either. No. So I just refuse to believe anything that I dream about means like anything. Yeah, fair enough. And if it does, I will do the normal Irish thing and suppress all my emotions and <laughs> not talk about them. So that's about all the dreams I got. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, anything else you want to touch on today? I think that's it. All right. Well, that is where the boys are wrapping up Shed Some Light Episode 63. If you made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Be sure to check out the description of the podcast. It has links to all of our social media. Give us that follow there. Also, give us that five-star rating and review. We would truly appreciate it. Helps us spread the word about Shed Some Light. Again, another thank you to Brian for coming on the episode today. We appreciate you. Great time uh, cracking some Miller Lights with you, and we will definitely be talking with you again soon in the future. Uh, in the meantime, hope everyone has a great week. We'll catch you on Wednesday and keep them cold. Road beer.